the poor bands that have to pick the hymns for a Sunday morning. I was on with Valerie earlier in the week, and she said, well, what sort of themes are you on? And I sent her uh, the readings, and then I said, Trojan mice. We're going to be Trojan mice. And she sent back to me and says, I love the help you give me with the choosing of the worship. It's good to have the Holy Spirit. Um, For those who are visitors among us, we are looking at um, Mark Green's book, um, uh, Fruitfulness on the Front Line. It was encouraging last Sunday. I was over marrying El Greer and Stephen Munsell last weekend in Inverness. I think it may be the journey home that caused this. But I, I was in a Presbyterian church in the morning and they were saying, and come to the midweek where we will be following our series And I was going as he was saying, I bet you they're doing fruitfulness on the front line, which is exactly what they were doing. It seems to be going viral at the moment. It's a book by Mark Green that asks us how we can be fruitful for God, missional, with intention, wherever we are in our day. And um, we've got to, there's these six M's that he has, and we've got to one now that is called molding the culture, molding the culture. And it's his idea, the Trojan mouse, and we'll come to it in a moment or two. But actually, if ever there was a really good illustration of how we can be Trojan mice, then the children's talk leads us in there. Culture. Culture. Nature and culture. Those are the words everybody loves me to say the way I say them with a Balamine accent. Culture is the way we do things around here. That is the definition. The way we do things around here. There's a Fitzroy culture of how we do things that actually most times doesn't fit into maybe what people think of as a Presbyterian culture. And we have to be aware, as we are now, as I threatened we would be when I came, the closest church to the city centre that's Presbyterian, that we are close to the city centre and that our denomination is a rural denomination. Most of our ministers minister in rural situations and therefore at the general assembly in general we have a presbyterian culture that might be very different than what a church culture might be like in the city center culture is how we do things around here how things are done in our western world how things are done in northern ireland how things are done in the city of Belfast, how things are done on your street, how things are done in your workplace, how things are done in your family, as I've said, how things are done in Fitzroy. All these different little cultures and major cultures all in some ways interrelating. I say at many weddings, that the Gordon culture on a Christmas morning was that everything was wrapped. The Stockman culture on a Christmas morning is that you opened the door and there was everything. There's a collision of cultures at Christmas in the months. But it's the way we do things around here. And we're shaped by the way we do things. The Bible talks about and is all about how we live within different cultures and in fact it's also and more importantly how we reshape the different cultures. In the Old Testament 
the children of Israel are moving into the promised land where they're going to be different than all the other nations around them with a very different culture. They're culture shapers. Stephen McElwain in his three-part series on Sunday evenings as to how to read the Bible brought us on the last Sunday night to that really, really helpful look at what the law was all about. And what basically the law is about, it's God shaping the culture for the children of Israel as they go into the promised land and live in the promised land with the economics, the ethics, how they deal with the stranger and the marginalized. Being different, distinct from all the cultures around them. Indeed, as Stephen pointed out to us so well in that overview of scripture, you find that the kings are judged by how they deal with that culture that God has given to be lived. Do they shape their nation when they're king in the way the cultures around them do or in the way that the law has told them to and God has revealed to them how they should live. The prophets rage when the culture shaping goes wrong and tries to point people back to that culture that God himself has envisioned. And of course then there's these two particular laws that we come back to in the New Testament. But let's hear them in the Old Testament. Deuteronomy 6, 4 and 5. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. A culture with symbols that we need to have written in our hearts and reminding us all around ourselves that starts with that one culturally informative thing. That God is one. And that we should love that God with all our heart, soul, mind and strength. Leviticus 19 and 18. Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among your people. But love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. And of course in the New Testament. Jesus shapes the culture. By saying that those are the two greatest commandments of which there's no law against. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength and your neighbour as yourself. The two readings that we had today, why do we throw those in? Jeremiah chapter 29, Mark Green pays some reference to. I think it's only a few weeks ago since Jonathan was using the same words. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says Build houses, settle down, plant gardens, eat what they produce, marry and have sons and daughters, increase in number there, do not decrease. Seek the prosperity, the peace and prosperity of the city to which I've carried you into exile. Here are the children of Israel, the people of God, taken into exile into another culture. What are they asked to do? 
They're asked to embed themselves in that culture and to seek the peace and prosperity of the city by living out the alternative culture where they are. Like little Trojan mice. We know about the Trojan horse which comes in and there's a surprise for the enemy. Well, what about a Trojan mouse? Because as I look out, you're probably saying to yourself, I wouldn't really work as a Trojan horse. I'm doing smaller things. That's really what Mark Green's getting at and how we can change the cultures around us by just sneaking in as little Trojan mice to the street, to the family, to the workplace, to the place of leisure, to the communities we find ourselves in, embedding ourselves in them to bring peace and prosperity and the flourishing of human beings. Jesus-shaped culture, how he dealt with women, changed culture. How he dealt with the Roman centurion changed culture. The stories he told about Samaritans, the woman of Samaria that he met, changed culture. The way the religious thought they could get to God, he changed the culture. And particularly, perhaps, most of all, how he dealt with losers changed the culture. And that's interesting because there's some of the Bible that's not only relevant today, but even more relevant today maybe than when it was written. And that might be one of the things in a culture where success is one of the gods that we have. How the Trojan mice deal with the losers might be that subversive cultural shaping. The other reading that Francis read was the reading I read last Saturday at Elle and Stephen's wedding. They didn't want to have a wedding reading. Throw us a curve, they said. I thought, you're the poet, Elle. You throw me a curve. But there was silence. So how could I throw a curve? Well, I thought on their wedding day I should read, Love Your Enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. And pray for those who mistreat you. These words of Jesus are subversive culture changing words. If you love people that love you. But if you love those who hate you. If you love your enemies. There's a change in the culture. I actually opened blog this this week. I don't know how far it got to those at Stormont who are in the middle of talks. We need a few Trojan mice in there, do we not? People who will come with this alternative culture, the one that says, don't just speak for those who vote for you, but speak for those who don't vote for you. Don't just speak for your own community, but speak for the entire community. What good is it if you agree with those you agree with? I thought these verses might be interesting in that context. If it's stormant, we did unto others as we would have them do to us. If we would love, do good and bless and pray for. It is a little crazy though. 
It's a little out of the box. It's going beyond the normal. We're back to what we talked about a few weeks ago, the double reflex of grace. Because interestingly, at the end of this wonderful piece um, of uh, scripture in Luke chapter 6, we come to, I think, what the key is. Because we're told to do all these things. And then if we listen closely, almost to the throwaway ending, then your reward will be great and you'll be children of the Most High because he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful just as your father is merciful. When we're Trojan mice and we come in under the radar, subversively into different situations to love our enemies and to do good to those who hate us, and when we go the extra mile and lend to people not expecting anything back, then we're simply reflecting who our God is. The one whose culture we want to be shapers of and bringers of. To love God with all our heart, soul, mind and strength. And to love our neighbors as ourselves. Those are our signposts. Those are the bottom lines. And it's that that we need to consider tomorrow morning. It's that that we need to consider tomorrow afternoon and evening. If we could just be Trojan mice. Because Jesus said, did he not? The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed which a man took and planted in his field. A mustard seed. Though it is of the smallest seeds, yet when it grows it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds come and perch in the branches. Don't think that tomorrow, wherever it might be that you are, whether it's in family or street or in work or place of leisure or church, that you need to be doing some amazingly strategic thing in order to change the culture. Jesus went on. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked its way all through the dough. To bring a love of God in a culture that doesn't even know whether he's there, in fact, they do very clearly know that he's not. To love your neighbor when everybody's on about themselves and their own success. Just a mustard seed. Just a Trojan mouse. Coming in with a love for God and a love for neighbor can be culturally subversive and make its impact. Of course, in the past, we have been cultural shapers. Clonard Fitzroy, just a mustard seed, just a wee bit of yeast when Ken and Jerry got together. And yet the impact across this city is huge. And they talk about it across the world. When Tony McCauley came to read his book here, he was telling me that it was the first time he'd ever been in Fitzroy. But he said to me, do you know I've never been in Fitzroy? But I've always given thanks for Fitzroy. Because knowing that Fitzroy's there has always encouraged me to live out my faith the way I do. He'd never been. But your very existence and the things that you stand for and how you shape the culture encouraged. How can you be a little Trojan mouse? 
At Arthur Martin's funeral early in the year, I was able to tell that story. That on Facebook, one of my friends from primary school that I haven't met since I was 11 connected with me and he said, does Arthur Martin now go to your church? I said he does. He said, could you tell him on Sunday morning that he in his workplace was definitely that person who brought Jesus in? And my friend said, when I went through the loss of my wife, what Arthur Martin did for me on a daily basis at work, I want you to go and thank him for what he meant to me at that time. From city changing, country changing cultural shapers, to personal little Trojan mice going into their workplace to do what? To recognize that God exists, to recognize that that changes the perspective of everything we see and everything we do, and then to love our neighbor as ourselves. To see the neighbor as much more precious than those who don't believe in God might see the neighbor. And just to be kind. That children's talk, which wasn't planned, is asking them tomorrow to be little Trojan mice. When all the Thomases fail to share, then somebody just says, God loved me. I love God. I'm going to love neighbor. I'm going to share the penguin. Little Trojan mice being Jesus where they are. So the questions at the end of this, Mark Green goes into people who've changed the culture in their local cost cutter by just engaging with the staff. How people have changed the culture of their street, streets that don't know who their neighbours are and yet just got neighbourhoods together. People who changed the very culture of how their workplace operates. What about us? What is the week ahead? Where can we be Trojan mice? Little seed, little bit of yeast, loving beyond, living out of the box, changing the way things are. What are the things on your street, in your family, in your workplace? What are the things that loving God and loving neighbor and living this faith tell you there's something wrong there? There's something needs reshaped. How can grace be brought into that situation? Where will loving God and neighbor change our perspectives and shift the things that we do? I'm reading Philip Yancey's book as I keep saying, Vanishing Grace, Whatever Happened to the Good News, alongside Mark Green at the moment. And he talks a lot about the culture that we live in. But he says at one point, in modern society, following Jesus means rejecting the false gods of independence, success, and pleasure, and replacing them with love for God and neighbor. Independence. Is that a cultural problem? On your street? 
your family, your place of work. Success, is that what drives family, street, place of work and society? How does the culture deal with the loser? How did Jesus deal with the loser? Who was the loser in the Gospels? And pleasure over everything else? False gods of independence, success and pleasure? A culture of independence, success and pleasure? And replacing them? With little Trojan mice, little mustard seeds, little bit of yeast, love for God and neighbor. Let's allow our eyes to fall shut and we'll scan some of the front lines of our lives and seek where we might be culture shapers. Let's think vocationally. I don't mean just the paid work, although that for some of us is what tomorrow is. What is it that drives tomorrow? What will we get up to do? What will take our energy? Where will we find ourselves among other people and situations? What are those cultures like? Is there a lot of independence? Is success the God that gives identity? Is pleasure what we live for? And where in those cultural communities of our front lines, what does loving God and loving neighbor as self look like? Seek that God would give discernment, wisdom, and courage that in all the little communities, the cultural communities we'll find ourselves in this week, that we will be able to be mustard seeds and yeast. Lord, we've prayed throughout this service for you to connect with us. Connecting with us as a community and as individuals. Bringing comfort to those who mourn. Strength for those who are called to serve you. We are aware, Lord, that your scriptures are all about a God who loves us and cares for us and wants to connect with us 
But there's a bigger picture. You want to change the cultures around us. We pray, Lord, that as we offered our lives into your hands during the offering, as we offered up our lives to you in the song before the sermon, that right now we would say, okay, Lord, we're available. Just tell us what we need to do to mold the cultures and the way things are and the way things are done in our lives. We give ourselves into your hands because the truth is, whatever we do, unless you build it, unless your grace infuses it, unless your spirit moves in us and around us, no cultures will change. So we give ourselves into your hands and seek that this week we might be little Trojan mice wherever we find ourselves for your glory. Amen.